Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 271 for December 31st, 2018. Today's guest is musician, animal, not the Muppet, but the awesome human. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators, creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 13 years. If you'd like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search Mikey Pod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com, hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron, or email MikeyPod at gmail.com. Happy New Year. I don't have a ton to say uh, in this. This is typically the part of the show where I tell you things and there's nothing to say except ramping shit up for the next year and maybe saying goodbye to some stuff and just moving on. So be on the lookout for new stuff in the next week or so. God, that sounds just terrible. Good stuff is coming. If you like this always free podcast, I should tell you about Animal. Animal, this is the second time I interviewed her. First time was on the Our Hen House podcast. I'll put a link to that interview on the show notes. And uh, we, well, you'll hear us refer to that. Um, we both think that's the best interview either of us have ever done in any way. Uh, so, and well, until this one, which is also amazing. So um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, more more to come. I want to just get right to the interview and some music. If you like this Always Free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as $2 a month. I'd love to connect with you there. And I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this Always Free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. And just as a note, uh, for every podcast I put up, there's an uh, uh, accompanying bonus podcast. It's only available to patrons, um, and it's typically an extended interview with that week's guest. Uh, they're always amazing, and this week's is no exception. Animal is next level, and we connect in a really cool way. So our conversations are fantastic, and I think you're going to love it. So before we get to that interview, the main one, uh, let's listen to a track from Animal. This is called Slay. I need you. I fight just to feed you. I live to complete you. I guess I'll wait for you. I stand by await your reveal. The love that keeps you concealed. I'm patient, not patient. I'm typhoon, but thriving is not waiting for you. I'm drawn to the outcast. I'm so good for the pain. Addicted to the struggle, yeah, I live for it I'm drawn to the underdog I'm a sucker for the change Addicted to the struggle, yeah, I live through it I'm I'm losing 
losing, I'm winning, but winning is not really for you. I'm Jones the Outcast, I'm a sucker for the pain. I'm addicted to the struggle, yeah, I live for it. I'm Jones the Underdog, I'm a sucker for the change. I'm addicted to the struggle, yeah, I live through it. was Slay from Animal and joining me right now on the podcast after a lot of scheduling issues. <laughs> we have uh, Animal is joining me. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I, I have to acknowledge how hard it was for us to get it together. Like there was always for like, it's been a couple months and granted, I think most of it was me for like a couple of months, just like totally screwing <laughs> up scheduling. Um, yeah. So we're, it's really great that we finally did this. So yeah, thanks for joining me. I think that sometimes, like the saying, uh, you know, re- like the other side of resistance, there's greatness, you know? And so whatever resistance was between us and making this interview happen, probably there's some like cool gems on the other side of this. That's that's the way I'm going to look at it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it that way too. And we really bonded, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we went through something. Exactly. But yeah, and that makes you closer to someone. So there it is, right? Yeah, uh, this is beautiful. It's already so amazing. Uh, let's let's talk about Slay. Uh, what can you tell me about the song? The song, the song. Uh, wow, I haven't even thought about the song in a while because the video kind of took the forefront for me. Um, the song was written actually about um, the underdog. You know, I've always had this uh, draw to look after those, like the wallflowers, the underdogs. You know, those that are kind of. Um, maybe being taken advantage of or shy, you know, the people on the outskirts or the animals on the outskirts, those that are in need of, uh, of having some support. And I've actually been, I actually noticed this the other day in this training that I'm doing. I just want to like lift those up around me that don't have a voice for themselves. And in this case, it was more about, um, humans, um, just, just noticing the people that I'm magnetized towards. So that's, that's what it's about. It's about, um, you know, taking, 
taking the the limitations that I see in others and sort of busting through that to um, to get to the good stuff to to help those around me. Basically, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I one of the things that I'm interested in talking about that kind of like leads us into because your your work has been um, about animal stuff like uh, we're both vegan we talked before but it was on the our hen house podcast if i'm not mistaken is that right that is right i think it is yeah so um so i'll put in the show notes for this episode a link to our previous conversation um when your work was pretty focused on animals do i remember that right yeah totally that was yep that was before i changed my name yeah but now you're writing you're writing about more species i guess (laughs) including humans in that that's true but it's still the same sort of vibe of like looking out for the underdog i mean you already said that's a theme for you but has it been like an ongoing theme in your life looking out for the underdog yeah i would say so yeah i mean yeah well I mean, I think even taking on the name itself, animal, probably in a way was um, embodying that even further, like saying this is a part of my, yeah, this is a part of my life's work, of course, yeah. And 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 my animal rights activism, I, I don't, <clears throat> I do not create a distinction between non-human animals and humans. And so if, if the nature of my music has shifted to, uh, you know, maybe tending to human needs, um, I, I don't really see that as a big difference, right? Like, so slay is actually symbolic of just the same thing, you know. And you could you could make it about um, you could make it about um, farm animals. It would be the same thing. It would make it would mean the same thing for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's really interesting. Like when when I was a kid, and this sounds really terrible the way I'm going to say this, but I was a kid when I was thinking it. I always had this moment. Like I was always like. Uh, uh, the people that were drawn into my life were like the nerds yeah. <laughs> and I was, a, and I was really into it, but at the same time I was like, Oh no, am I a nerd? Like, but, but like uh, as an adult, like that works perfectly for me. Right. Because I am able to sort of see the bigger picture. W- was that true for you? Did you sort of like, I feel like I sort of, was it, I think it was in 16 candles when uh, I can't remember anyone's name. One of the guys referred to himself as the king of the nerds. Huh? And like, but it was, the, and I wasn't the king of anyone, but I did like have this like, ah, like I felt this sort of, I had this group of friends that were sort of ostracized in a way. And I felt this responsibility to be sort of stand up for them. Mm-hmm. Was that similar for you? Well, I would say, you know, I actually, I was a cool kid. I was definitely in the cool group. And I think that I always just saw it as a responsibility and I still do, you know, like, because I naturally kind of just fit in. I, I felt that because, you know, I would see, you know, nerds getting bullied, you know, per se nerds or whatever you want to call them, you know, I, I always felt like it was my responsibility to stand up because people would listen to me. You know, I had the strength to, to put a stop to that. Oh God, that makes me feel tender in my heart. Yeah. I remember being in the playground, like, you know, <laughs> like pr- protecting like that. Yeah. Spending my recess with the kid in the corner who was just such a weirdo. I'm having flashbacks right now. <laughs> no one uh. to hang out with. And so, yeah. And that's, that's continued through my life. You know, I've kind of I have, you know, been in the cool group in high school and kind of continued and, but the, the, I, you know, I always had that inclination to, to use that position for 
um, for the betterment of those who didn't have that position, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love these conversations. Like just the way these little things play out in our lives and take us to where we are. Cause I, I think I was on both sides of that. Like I, I was like, of the nerd kids, I was one of the cooler nerds, but I think I was still a nerd. <laughs> so like the less cool, cool kids, like, I don't know, but there were, I, I, I guess I had, I had the opportunity to be on both sides of that, to have someone stand up for me and for um, mm. me to stand up for other people. So it's, yeah, I, I have that tenderness thinking about that too, though, like, childhood is so fucking painful like mm. why why do we have to go through that <laughs> oh my god it definitely forms us you know it definitely makes us who we are and I think the tenderness that came up for me just then not just like feeling how sweet that is that's sweet you know it's sweet that I did that but actually the tenderness that I just felt was really more so that I have taken that stand I've continued to take that stand I still do as a musician but you know what happens is when we grow older is sometimes we we get scared, you know, it gets scarier the bigger we get, you know, I think because the backlash will be bigger. And, and I do feel like I haven't yet found the greatness of my platform. Like I am not as big as I will be. And my voice is not as big as it will be. And that pains me, you know, it pains me that I, at some point, made some sort of subconscious decision that it's scary to speak up for animals or it's scary to speak up for the underdog because the bat, you know, the, what you're going to get back is going to be uh, very difficult. And so even though I am taking that stand through my music and my activism, like I am not, I'm aware that I'm not doing that as big as what's inside of me. And so I really want to, I really want to up my game. Like that's my goal in life is to, to make that game so big that it's inescapable. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, uh, so much of this is resonating with me. This happened last time we talked, didn't it? When we were both like, what is happening right now? Oh yeah. I was like, this is the best interview ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so much that, that of that, that resonates with me. And it's kind of like a theme for me right now. I'm closing in on being 50 years old. Mm. Um, I'm going to try to like, I, I don't want to make this about me, but I want to throw enough of this stuff out to like sort of connect with what you just said. Mm. Like I've, I, I can really understand what you're saying about your voice not being enough. And, and did I, do I understand right that that feels like it's fear that's keeping you from being bigger with your voice and speaking out in the way that you I think feel you a, should? It's a combination of things. Fear, of course, number one. And then the other is like, um, overwhelmness. Like how, how do I, how do I do this? Like if we're speaking about, uh, you know, like let's say, let's just say farm animals, let alone just like animal torture in general. Like it's so big, it's so mammoth that it's like how, how. And so I'll almost stop just because I don't even know what the next step is, you know? So yeah, fear and overwhelmness, I think is what does that. Yeah, I can, yeah. And I, I'm like this closing in on 50 things, something happened with me in the last year and I totally, I've been like, sh I'm gonna make this part so quick. And if I start going, <laughs> I've been talking about this a lot. I talk about it. I could go all day. <laughs> Podcast, so yeah <laughs> in a like in a in a general sense i have been like like, like dating for me 20 years ago literally 20 years ago i was like that's it can't do it don't want to do it and it was a great time for me that big chunk of time where i'd like worked on doing my music and i started this podcast and i've done a lot of great things yeah. now i'm like oh okay i actually met somebody and now i'm dating again after all this time and it's all like and it just cracked open everything like all of these feelings i've been holding in 
and and I'm having those feelings of like, oh my God, I haven't emotionally matured enough to have the voice or to be the person I want to be in this relationship and as an activist and all these different things I want to do in my life. It feels like the rug came out from under all of it. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to revamp all of this. And there's that sense of overwhelm and the fear that I'm not going to be able to get it together and all this kind of stuff that like, I don't know, all that feels really like, I feel like I connect with what you're saying because of all that stuff that's kind of stirred up for me. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I feel like it's, it's our, it's our responsibility to figure that out. And, and, and perhaps in in speaking to both of us or your listeners as well is like any step is a good step. Like what's the step that you can take today to, um, move towards your visions, dreams, and goals, especially when it comes to being of service to others, like what step can you take today? So even if, so for me, uh, after this podcast, I'm going to go out back I'm going to do a little photo shoot with my chickens. I have some rescued chickens here in LA. Uh, and, and even if, you know, and I'm this morning I was bummed at myself. I was like, damn it. Why didn't I do more social media? Why didn't I do anything about turkeys last week? Like I should, I could have saved so many turkeys from whatever, if I had made a good potent post, I'm like, all right, it's not too late. Like I'll do a post today, um, you know, about chickens and about making sure that you get, you know, pasture raised turkeys. If you have to get turkey, blah, 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 whatever it is. It's like, what, step can we take today instead of being like bummed you know like that's not going to help anyone it's for sure not going to help the turkeys so (laughs) yeah you know like last thanksgiving and i'm curious about like if you have a take on this i overdid it um and i like i made a post on facebook that didn't it wasn't helpful i was you know like uh thanksgiving time it's not fun. <laughs> like, as, like, no. And that's easy for me to say as a human being, like it's even less fun for turkeys, but you know, yeah. seeing everyone posting this stuff, yeah. I get, so anyway, so the question from, for you, and uh, if you have this experience, like when you do that, like I, I pissed people off. I pissed off vegans with this post I made. I posted a really gruesome picture and I know a lot of people unfollowed me. Some people unfriended me and that conversation about veganism with those people is no longer happening. And I like, ah, oh, shit that wasn't my goal at all. Like, how do you, like, um, uh, how do you express kindness to yourself when you miss fire like that? And do you miss fire like that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think I missed fire so much when I was younger and that's probably when I shut down, right? Like that's probably when I stopped uh, being as fiery about it and, and tried to uh, focus on a more loving approach. And so, but it makes me think of some of the famous animal rights activists that I follow, like on social media. And these guys are shameless. And probably there was a point where they lost a lot of people, right? And those people, and I think this is true for anything in life, this could be, you know, music or art. Also, like the people that don't like what you're doing, they're going to fall away regardless. If you're being authentically yourself, and those around you don't like that authentic self, like they're going to, they're going to go away eventually. Um, the people that do love what you do authentically, they're going to magnetize to you. And so I think for these animal rights activists that are, you know, have these huge followings, like, yeah, the the people following them, like they're down for their fire and their rudeness, like they're causing a stir. And um, so I think that self-forgiveness is step one. And step two is like really dropping in, like you probably meant what you put in that post. 
right? And so yeah, yeah. Fuck it, and I say thank you on behalf of all the turkeys <laughs> and humans that care for all of the animals. Like, thank you. We're one and the same, and and we need people to be outrageous. Um, so I say, let go of that. You know, like let, let go of that um, regret or any kind of like you know idea of regret that that might be remaining i don't think it's helpful yeah yeah i feel, i agree i yeah <laughs> i love it this is turning into a therapy session for me thank you so much for this <laughs> <laughs> i have a tendency to, my mom is a therapist so i've got oh i love it yeah <laughs> uh so have you always done music from childhood no well i mean my parents put me in like uh you know music classes and stuff but no it was not my main focus at all theater and acting was my main focus and then uh I guess it came to me uh, like quote unquote late, you know, in my, in my mm-hmm. life, what some people would, you know, some people would say like past the point of like a good time to be very successful, uh, which yeah. would be my, I guess it was sort of my early twenties. Yeah. So not that long ago. And, um, it took even longer to, 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 uh, make it my career. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of happened. It was like a second chapter to my early life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's a, it's a interesting, well, being an artist, I've been thinking about it a lot. I went to a convention a couple of weeks ago in LA and I'm kind of bummed. I didn't track you down and say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, next time. Um, but it was a Patreon. It was for Patreon, um, their annual convention. And I really, really kind of got in touch with my little inner artist kid, like speaking of therapy stuff, like, and how challenging it has been in life. And it sounds like you have had the same experience to decide, nope, I'm going to do this un- not sensible thing because <laughs> it feels like the thing I'm supposed to do with my life. How hard it is to do that and to stick to it. And it all comes back to what you were saying earlier about being our authentic selves yeah. in, a, in a sort of society that discourages that. Is that. Does that sound fair to you? Oh my God. It's like, that's so real for me right now. Being, being around the 30 mark for me is like, I feel like I'm at my third life crisis and I'm like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, you chose this thing for your life. And was this a good choice? And what have you done? (laughs) Like, there's no going back, but like, dude, at the end of the day, like what, (laughs) what brings me to life is music. When I'm in a studio or working with others or working on my own, um, you know, on music, there is, if, if there's, if there's any, I don't know what this means to other people. I'm going to use the word and then I'm going to retract it <laughs> because I don't resonate with the word, but whatever God means to like, really, you know, those that are religious, mm-hmm. that's, that's my feeling of what that is, is when I'm making music. Like, I'm like, Oh shit, this is probably that feeling they talk about, you know, so I'm spiritual. So I'd say like the you know, I feel like I'm connected to spirit in that moment. I'm like, holy shit, I'm here for this. And that's shit that you can't get away from. And if you do, and people do all the time, people get away from that all the time and they're miserable. And not to say that I'm not miserable sometimes. I'm definitely miserable sometimes. I'm an artist. I mean, I'm supposed to, right? And then I'm supposed to write a song about it. But, But at least I'm miserable doing the thing that I love, that I'm here to do, that I'm good at. So, um, that, that for me, at the end of the day, no matter how many questions and frustrations I have about this career path, which really is so frustrating, it's, it's just terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have no other option. Uh, the only other option I have is to just focus on saving animals, but I'd like to do both. I don't think that I need to choose. 
So, and, and I have, I've chose not to, right? My name is animal and I'm, and doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and you, you leaned into the thing that seems, well, I, I it both seems like your thing, right? Like I, M- Maria Montessori had this thing where she believes everyone has a cosmic task. Yeah. Um, which I think is a great way to put it. And so it sounds like, for you, if you subscribe to that cosmic task idea, yeah. your cosmic task is this music and saving animals. And there's part of you that is afraid of that, but you're still leaning into it anyway. Like with the name change, like that's a pretty solid way to be like, Nope, going to do this. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, did, yeah. Did, did something happen for you that, 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 helped you make that decision? Like you said, you made that decision pretty <laughs> solidly. Did, yeah. did something happen that made you really decide you got to do this? The name change? The, the name change or yeah. pursuing music in general. Oh, wow. Pursuing music in general. Um, ooh, pursuing music in general. I think that I, well, I had the, uh, the, the, um, opportunity to explore what it feels like to be lost. Um, And the only reason I say that was an opportunity is because I can get the having gone through that. I can empathize with those who haven't yet found their way. Um, that's the only positive in that. So I had about, you know, a couple years between being an actor, which was really just in high school, but you know, I was really like doing it. I was doing all the stuff and I was like, you know, I was super deep in it. And then I took off traveling the world, um, and then kind of got lost and didn't know what I was doing. And, um, and in that space, uh, you know, about two years later discovered music. And so I think for me, it was like a sense of relief. Um, mm. wait, I don't remember your question. What, how was uh, the question? Yeah, it, it was, did, did something happen that, oh. that caused you to decide to really lean into doing music? Yeah. I think it was feeling lost. It was like, Oh, thank God. Like there's this thing that, that I'm here to do. So it was just like, Oh, sweet. I could give myself to this. I think that's what that was. Um, in terms of the name change, and I think you and I definitely talked about this on the last podcast, so I won't get too much into it because your listeners can listen to the previous podcast between us, which was also profound and deep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like what I think tipped me over was that actually I was sharing my birth name, Lila Rose, um, with this anti-abortion activist, uh, who has very differing perspectives, uh, politically than I do. And, you know, she, we were just she was, she was winning the Google searches. (laughs) I was second, but she was first and it would confuse my listeners. And that just kind of tipped me over. I was like, I don't want to be confused with someone who has such opposing political views. So, um, that did it. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily like a shift it to like lean into my activism. I had already written the album, we animals at that point. So I had already chosen to like make the subject matter, um, you know, about what I care about in that way. But yeah, it was really just like, okay, I need to change my name. And what else would it be? If I'm not my birth name, I'm going to be what I am, which is an animal, just like you and everyone else that is living and breathing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you threw that up because I forgot about that with the other Lila Rose. The other one, yeah. The other Lila Rose. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's, You had a recent name change issue again, oh my am gosh. I right? Yeah, I was just about to bring it up and I was like, I was like, 
Lila, don't bring it up. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was yeah. pretty, I, I tried to follow it through your Facebook posts oh. and whatnot. And, and I'm not convinced I really understand what happened. I wonder if we should save that conversation for the um, bonus podcast. Sure. We can teach people about copyright trade and and how important that is. <laughs> That's, whew, yeah. Oh my God. Should we touch on it a little bit now that we've alluded to it? Maybe we should. I don't want to uh, be too. Sure. I, I mean, I could make that. Well, let's, let's see how you want to frame your question. So I know how to answer it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's terrible. My question is what happened? <laughs> yeah, basically. Happened. Yeah. So, um, to summarize without getting into the really un- unpleasant details, um, yeah, basically there was a copyright trade infringement. Someone else owned the copyright, uh, for the name. And, um, I had already had a communication with this person previously. So it was really astonishing to me. Like we had, he had, the person had my phone number. They could have called me, they could have texted me, but I don't know what happened for them in their life that all of a sudden after agreements were made verbally between us, decided to press the red button and had my music removed from the internet overnight. So that's what can happen if you don't own your trademark or your copyright. So make sure you all take care of that you know, through my posting on social media about that, I couldn't even post uh, when it was happening because I was just absolutely, first of all, too busy. I was just like in repair mode. And luckily through my small but powerful team, I was able to repair within about, well, (laughs) the immediate changes took place within 48 hours, but my music was missing off of, let's say Spotify and iTunes, pretty important platforms for about three weeks. Oh, wow. That was painful. Yeah. And Slay was going out like the next week or something. So it really messed with stuff. It was pretty difficult. But hey, here's what I'll say. Good thing it happened then and not later down the road when I'm, you know, a lot more successful and it would be a lot more difficult to repair. So there's blessing in it, but it definitely um, that was quite quite, uh, quite difficult. And that did actually show me the wall that I think a lot of artists meet within their careers. Like I, that's when the wall appeared. I was like, Oh, and the wall, what I mean by that is like the wall, when people walk away, they give up, right. They're like, this is too hard. Like, what am I getting out of this? (laughs) You know, this is, I'm not, you know, I don't, all, all the things that come up for you. I think uh, when people walk away from their passion, like that, those questions started to come up for me in a real way. I was like, can I handle this? This is, terrible. This is so hard. And yeah, what am I getting out of this? But at the end of the day, you know, we did repair and, and here I am, um, you know, I'll continue to make music cause that's, that's my, what's the word you used? That's my, uh, a cosmic task. It's my cosmic task. I have nothing else that I'm here to do besides save animals. And, um, so yeah, so, so, um, here I am animal double I, and, uh, it actually looks cooler. It actually looks cooler on the logo. So, <laughs> so yeah, I like the double eyes in there. So it's a, for people who are listening, a N I I M L. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. All right. We are closing in on the end of this interview. Um, but we're going to listen to another one of your songs at the end. I'd love to hear, um, a little background on it. If you have it, uh, the song confessions. That's great that you're going to play that song because confessions is off the album. We animals. So that was prior to the name change. Um, and that song is actually a, an apology to the earth. Um, it's saying, you know, this is all of our mess. We've all basically essentially, you know, fucked this up and it's all of our responsibility to clean it up. 
Now, the way that I wrote that record, it took me years to write that record, not even to write the content, I mean, but to prepare to write it. I mean, I was, my soul was like preparing that album for so long, trying to find a way to bridge my love and care and activism towards, you know, animals and my music. And finally, when I hunkered down to to write that record with my partner at the time, Danielle Garcia, who's totally amazing, we're still very close. Um, it would, I made sure to write it in a way that was very broad so that it wasn't, um, sort of like in the way you said, you don't want to push people away, right. With the message you want to invite them in. And so I think that we, we definitely actually not for not, it's not a question. We definitely achieved that because that song confessions continues to do very well, um, with, uh, music licensing. And so it's ended up on a lot of TV shows and trailers. It actually just got picked up for another show today. Um, yeah, so it's done very well. It's actually done better than any other song, uh, which is so cool because you wouldn't know when you see it on these TV shows that this is an apology to the earth, right? It's in these action scenes and it's, and it's in these romantic scenes. It's kind of a sexy sounding song, um, you know, in terms of the instrumentation and the way that my, my vocals are, but lyrically, yeah, I'm apologizing to the earth. And so I feel like I did a really good job with that song. Like, yes, uh, sub- subliminally, that message is is going across the airwaves in a massive way with these TV shows that have millions and millions and millions of viewers and listeners. And for those that choose to dig into that artist, um, animal, you know, then they'll probably find out. Hopefully, hopefully, it's evident that you know that's what that song is about. If they watch the music video, they'll probably find out. So. Um, so yeah, that's the song we're about to listen to. That was my little backstory to that one. <laughs> uh, I love it. And it's really a great, like, uh, I, I think about this all the time because my work that I do has to do also with animals and, and trying to open people's perspective. Um, and, and, and these moments when you realize like, oh shit, I just, just by making that thing that's out in the world now, it, the message just got to a different place. Like you it's a beautiful thing. Like people approach music and art looking for the art, the creator's message. Right. Yeah. So they're open to it. And, and now it's floating around everywhere yeah. <laughs> and easy to pick up. It's really, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Um, if you haven't heard enough listeners, there will be a bonus podcast that will go up on Patreon on Wednesday. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, will you tell us where the best places to find you on social media are? Yeah, on social media, the the handle is Animal Music, and that is A N I M L. Perfect, and um, that's super easy to remember. There'll be links just in case you still forgot at MikeyPod.com in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, thank you, Animal, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a total joy.
That was Confessions from Animal. Today's guest. Thank you so much, Animal, for joining me. Thank you, person who's listening, for listening. And if you'd like to hear more from Animal, go by patreon.com slash Michael Heron. If you're not already a patron of this podcast and the other fine things I make, uh, feel free to do that. There's some new stuff I'm going to tell you at the end of the show, since you're the, you're the solid listeners. Um, I'm My zines that I've done, there have been two of them. I'm going to start officially doing them quarterly. I'm going to announce that in a couple of days. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a quarterly zine now. Each will have a story. It'll be hand-bound the whole thing, and I'll just offer it only to patrons. So you can look forward to that on Patreon as well. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. And ah, follow your heart. There was so much in this podcast about authenticity and being our authentic selves. And Lord, child, I got to really embrace that this year. And I'll tell you, I'm in a situation right now where I haven't been my authentic self and, and I don't know if I can. So I uh, may have to, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be a year. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. I hope you have a great year too.